and to give us a new life in him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah. One more time, just slip your hand up. If you have a need, you can present it to the Lord. If you don't have a need, just thank him one more time. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence here today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, thank you, Lord. You may be seated this morning. Got to get a few things <clears throat> situated real quick. We're going to start off with reading from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 through 32. Just relax and hang with me through some of these scriptures. Um, we're going somewhere. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. We are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work. And then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Now we're going to read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. These two passages of Scripture are excellent outlines of two very different parts and stages in your journey in walking with Jesus. 
Many of us probably don't think up coming up to an elder in the church and saying, have you got your lying under control? You might not um, go up to Elder Beardsley or some of our other elders and say, have you, have you stopped stealing? <laughs> I've been praying for you this week. I just felt that maybe you didn't quite make it out of that grocery store without that candy bar. We don't do that because we make assumptions as humans, but we also see the, our journeys and our walk with God. The scripture doesn't say, does, it addresses these things because we all have temptation and sin. But that first passage I read to you is, is talking in our earlier stages. Stop lying. You know, be nice. Now, I say earlier stages, but you all know what happens to me when I get on the freeway. So I'm obviously immature in some areas of my walk with God. He's working on me. That's why I moved me out here. To work on my anger. The, um, as we respond to the good news of Jesus dying and raising again and offering us a new life and hope for the future, we learn that our new life starts immediately and change begins to happen. Sometimes it happens really fast in some areas and really slow in others. Our hope is not only in eternity, we find out that there's hope in this life, here on earth. We have the opportunity to live out from under the bondage and the slavery of sin. We have freedom to make choices. We have freedom to live without anger, suspicion, fear, greed, and abusive behaviors ruling our lives. The second passage speaks of God's plan for us as we grow and mature in him. He doesn't want us to be dependent on him as a newborn baby. He wants our dependence on him to strengthen us to give us the tools we need to be men and women that can walk with him in relationship while still trusting him as a child. So I'm going to read the second scripture passage again. And I need you all to not act like children. I need you to actually close your eyes. And we're going to imagine together. I want you to bring up, when I read this, this scripture, um, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to imagine what you think you would look like putting on the whole armor of God. I don't want you to close your eyes very long, but I am going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads. And there are those of us that it's very hard not to peek. So if you have peeking trouble, just cover your eyes with your hands. Because it's really hard not to peek sometimes. So if everybody could go ahead and do that, I'm going to start reading. And I want you to use your imagination. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So imagine, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Hold on to your image. Do you imagine someone weak, feeble? Can you imagine yourself wearing this armor? You can open your eyes. We have an image. 
This may not be how you saw yourself. You might not have looked this good. But this is kind of what the Apostle Paul in that era would have been imagining a little further back. But holding the whole armor of God, if this person came to your defense, or if you were in prayer and you saw a sword like this or a shield like this, it might help calm you down a little bit. If you saw an angel standing there like this. But Paul's saying, in spiritually, these are things God's given you as you mature as a Christian. It's not an angry person. It's a tall, strong protector, a warrior without anger or malice, not someone looking for a fight, someone you should be afraid of, but someone to trust. Someone who carries a sword and a shield, but you might find them sitting around telling funny stories to the kids or helping someone in need, serving others and defending the helpless. But let's be honest, how many of us feel this way? When we have to combat something, when something comes against us, the enemy attacks, do we feel like a warrior? Do we feel like we're going to grab our shield of faith and we're ready to go because God is with us? Or we have another example coming. I think that, I think that instead of feeling, you're not supposed to hide behind that shield. Hold it up right there. There you go. He's, he's strong. And we, might, we, we may not feel this way. I don't always feel this way when an enemy attack comes. I have other things that I think happen. He's coming. He's going to try to come if he can fit. We've got, we've got, this is what I think many times we end up feeling like. Whenever, when the enemy attacks, we're living for God, we're doing everything we ought to do, and, but we kind of feel like this. Now this guy, he has a shield of faith, and he has a sword, the word of God, but something's wrong with him. I mean, if you had to choose between a protector... What are you going to choose? <laughs> you can have a seat. He's got some really heavy stuff going on here, so we have a, a chair. This man, this Christian, this disciple, he became a new creature in Christ, but something went wrong. Something grew in the wrong direction. What happened? Many times when someone's training, they were they either wear protective padding or protective padding is involved, either on their body or on their surroundings. As we put on our new nature in that first scripture, we begin obeying the word of God. We begin learning not to do the things that come natural to us, like me when somebody cuts me off or honks at me on the freeway. I'm just like, I'm hanging out my window. I'm all like, where I'm from, you don't honk at people. Unless you're fixing to run over them. So I have to, that's, that's my nature. It just comes out. And the Lord's like, stop. What if, what if they need your help later? What if that's somebody from church? <laughs> I did cut Brother Ray off one Sunday morning coming to church. He let me know. I was just sure I could make it in. When we stop lying, people begin to trust us. When we control our anger and treat people with kindness, we are treated differently. Many times we're kinder in return, they're kinder in return to us. If we work hard and are generous, our environment gets better. 
Good things happen, and we feel encouraged and helpful. When we forgive and let go of bitterness, we feel love and find ourselves feeling safe again. By living differently, obeying God's word, and allowing his spirit to live in us and impact our lives, we begin to change. And we feel that safety that comes from God's love and protection. Your faith begins to grow and you find yourself holding a shield. And you find yourself holding a sword. But let's go back. Let's take a step back. Before you really got a shield and before you really got a sword. Come down here. So he's, he has a new life in Christ. And he, he may feel a little odd when he goes out in public. <laughs> People are like, something's different about you. You want to come hang out and do the things you used to do? And he's like, well, no. People look at him funny. And he may feel like he's in this bubble. But then he's, then he's like, well, I'm doing what the Lord said to do. But then something happens that always happens. The enemy comes. <laughs> and he's scared. But he's not hurt. All right, you ready? Now, if somebody comes and does this to you, and you don't have some protection, and you fall, it's going to hurt. But that didn't hurt him too bad. He's just a little jarred. His insides are shook up. But if the enemy just comes at us really hard, and we got this protection, we're like, wow, if that had happened to me six months ago, a year ago, if this tragedy had happened without the Lord, I would be laid out. And we begin to get a little confident in our padding. We begin to get a little confident in the things God has put around us to protect us. Come on back up. And so we decide to keep it. Now, I was going to ask him to sit in this chair, but I don't think it's going to work. So he might have to sit on the steps. You can try. So it kind of works, but you lose yourself a little bit. So you can come sit on the stairs. If, I don't know if the stairs will work either. But as you begin to walk and you begin to learn, that might not work either. You begin to learn scripture, the word of God. You get a sword. Your faith begins to grow because, I mean, he got, he got beat up and it didn't hurt too bad. He didn't get killed. And so you have this guy. And that still doesn't look normal, does it? No matter what you imagined, this is closer than that. But God gives you a sword and a shield, and he's like, okay, I want you to start to use it. And the thought occurs to you, well, I can't like this. I can't use it like this. He can't use that sword and shield. He can't even hurt himself with that sword and shield. <laughs> and God calls us to grow. And he's starting to push us. Now, nobody looks the same. You're not going to grow the same way everybody else is. God doesn't call us to be carbon copies of what we see other people being. But God is calling you to grow. He has something for you. He gives you dreams. He has a calling. He has a work for you to do. 
But to use your sword and your shield, you're going to have to trust him, that he's going to be your protection, because we can start trusting in the things that keep us safe, our own actions. We can put our trust in the little bit of righteousness that we achieve. When we begin to obey the word of God, we begin to walk in his ways. We're like, oh, I don't do this anymore. I don't lie. I don't steal. I haven't uh, lost my temper and hurt anybody in my family. And I haven't screamed and yelled all week. (laughs) You know? I'm doing pretty good. I'm following the gospel message and I am a disciple of Christ. Why would I get out of this protective bubble And we begin to think that the things that we're doing is what protects us. That is natural. If you you don't steal, you're not probably going to go to jail for stealing. If you don't lie, people are going to trust you. There are natural things that begin to happen. And we begin to correlate if very much what he talked about, Pastor Stephen talked about, what we put in is what we get out. So I'm putting in certain behaviors by obeying the word of God. And look at this great outcome. But instead of us as humans saying, God has been protecting me through all this, we start to say, what I put in is protecting me. My actions are protecting me. And now God's asking me to step a little further and do something a little different. And that makes me nervous. And that's outside my comfort zone. And God's asking me to grow, and that's painful. Because if I don't have this bubble around me, what happens when I fall? And if I can do just enough to be righteous, maybe I don't want to do too much and the enemy won't attack me too bad. If I start to grow, I might get the attention of somebody. I might, I might get hurt. We begin to get afraid. And instead of wearing God's righteousness as our body armor with a belt of truth tied around it, we begin to hold on to our own goodness, things that we do, like this bubble, inflated over us as our protection, our own ideas of what's best for us, our own ideas of our calling. Well, God, you want me to do this, but this is the best and safest way for me to do this. I know that your way will get me there, but my way will get me there too. My ideas of what I need to do for my life, they're not out of line with Scripture. I can, I can go along this way, my way, God. And I'm safer this way. And God's saying, I want you to grow. But you can't tell when he's wearing that if he has on the belt of truth. He knows he has truth inside of him, but nobody else does. Because it's covered with his own ideas. This bubble is supposed to retract down. If you can imagine in your mind, God's righteousness covers us almost like under armor clothing and it's like a shrink wrap and it would shrink wrap on you and it gets smaller and smaller and you get more you get stronger as you grow and mature and you can hold your shield and you can wield your sword and you learn to be a disciple of Christ and a follower of Christ the way he's leading you but his didn't shrink wrap so he ends up trying to live for God but he doesn't fit anywhere Because he's doing it his way. He definitely doesn't fit in the pew. He doesn't fit at the table. He doesn't fit in the car. (laughs) Um, 
if he decides to go hang out and maybe do things that he wouldn't do as a Christian, he's not going to fit there either. He can't sit on a bar stool at a bar even. Everybody's going to laugh at him. He can't be the person he used to be before he came to Christ because he's not that person because he's a new creature in Christ. But if he doesn't grow, he can't be what God wants him to be. He doesn't know who he is or what he is or where he's going. All he knows that is inside of this bubble is his imagined safety and control. He's in a place where he feels safe. But he's losing his identity. Because he's a child of God, but he's not growing. And he can't find his place. And he's lonely and he's alone. He's separated because he has to pull back. Because you can't really give somebody a hug in that thing. You can't even get your arms around it. He can't really go to small group well because he doesn't fit in a chair and at the table. He's kind of nervous about telling people about the Lord because they're going to ask him about this bubble and they may want to try it on. And he's not taking it off. So when we begin to pull back and say, I'm afraid, I don't want that, God. I don't want what you're asking me to do. I have different plans. I'm going to walk your path, God, but I need to do it this way. And God says, I need you to grow. Growing's painful. Did you ever have leg cramps when you were growing? Growing pains is what we called them. I used to cry with them. Things stretch and grow, and it's painful. But we lose our perspective at times, and we put our faith in what we can control and in our bubble, and we can't grow. I'm going to take this off of you. You can sit right there. Now, he doesn't have a bubble anymore. That's scary. When you've done things the same way for a long time and God asks you to change, or God says, okay, I love you, you're my child, but now you need to grow. I'm going to pull you into this. I'm going to grow you into this. It's scary because now he feels exposed. But stand up, Brother Ray. Come over here, Kendall. He never asks us to grow alone. Without that bubble, he can back right up to Brother Ray. And Brother Ray's here with him. You have a church family. You have people around you. God has always got your back. Okay? I'm not God. But when you take that bubble off and you say, oh, God, I'm going to do things your way, he's like, oh, I have a host of angelic armies protecting you. You might get swatted on the hand with that other sword if the enemy attacks you. You might knock your own self in the head with your sword or your shield. If I tried to fight with this thing, I would do more damage to myself than, good, than, than protect myself. But look, this is what God designed it. Hey, Evelyn, come here real quick. Can you come up here, Evelyn? This is what we're supposed to look like when we have our bubble. God gives us a bubble as new babies. But this is the church. 
You don't have to be afraid to grow because everybody helps everybody and then God is protecting you. He's got your back. Thank you, Evelyn. You can go down. Y'all can sit back down. You can sit back down. God has got your back and he has plans for you to grow. And today, my question is, what do you want? God is asking us today, what do you want? He's called us to a year of Sabbath, which if you are visiting today is a year of rest in the church to stop spinning our wheels and creating and going, but to take time to rest. You know why? One of the reasons? You can't grow without resting. Remember being a teenager? All you want to do is sleep. I slept in school. I slept driving down the road. Lord, wake me up. Man, I was asleep in his teenager. I was growing. When you're growing, you need to rest. God's called us to a time of rest because we are growing, and he's calling us to grow. He didn't ask us to grow the last three years while we were chasing a lion. He didn't say, go chase that lion and grow while you're at it. Now he said, rest and grow, and it's a mind shift. We have to take off the things that we've put around us that protect us, that we say, I'm going to be safe, and I'm going to have to do it this way, God. I know you've called me to do this, but I'm going to have to do it this way. And God's saying, it's time to take the bubble off. We're going to grow, and I want you to do it my way because I have great plans and dreams for you. And it might be painful at times, and it's going to be scary. There will be things in your life that come at you that are scary, And you try to go in your bubble and it's not there. And you knock yourself in the head with your shield. And God's saying, grab my word. Speak my word. These Bible quizzers have been learning the word of God and I can't memorize like that. I'm always quoting stuff and my husband's like, that is just not right. (laughs) And then he'll say, that's the farmer's almanac, Rachel. That's not even scripture. Because I'm working and I'm praying and I'm quoting something. He's like, Just don't. I'm getting better at the farmer's almanac stuff. But but I have things that give me comfort that I fall back on, sayings and scriptures. But the, the word of God says that our sword is the word of God. We don't actually have to get out and wield and take down the enemy and chop his head off and stomp him in the ground. We battle the way Jesus did. We speak his word. And the Spirit of God takes that sword up and fights our battles for us. And everything in this scripture is wrapped up in prayer. All of it is wrapped up in prayer. But today we have a choice to make. What do you want? Do you want to stay in a place that will slowly pull you away from people? You'll see other people growing And then you feel neglected. You feel lost. Why are they doing this? Why are they anointed? Why do they look like this? Why do they have that? And we begin to withdraw within ourselves. When God's saying, step out of your safety zone, step out of your bubble and trust me, I want you to grow. And that'll look different for every person here. God is not trying to make a clone a big army of clones. 
He wants, he's created every one of us distinct, and he has a purpose and a plan for every one of us. But today, he's asking us to make a choice. He's asking us to, to rest in him and to grow and to trust that he will protect us and that he will walk with us, even though we may be afraid, even though we don't know what the journey holds, what's coming ahead. But he hasn't asked us to do it alone. There are people that will stand with us. There are people further down the road that will stand with us, and there are people you will stand with that are earlier in their journey. But nobody has to stand alone. When God asks you to grow, he doesn't ask you to grow alone. And if Sister Regina would come. When we put on the armor of God, we have truth, God's righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, the word of God, and prayer. And these are all things that help us grow. But we want to grow the way God wants us to grow. We don't want to add things to make our own self-righteousness. But today is a very introspective service. What are you putting in and what's coming out? And God's asking us to allow him to put in us the things that we need to grow. He's asking us to put our confidence in him and to trust him. He's asking you, will you grow my way? Will you become what I want you to be? Or will you say, I, I love you, Lord, and I want to be saved, but I just can't. I just can't do it that way. I just can't be that person. It's too risky. It's too scary. But what's safer? Our own protection? Or are we safer in the hands of our creator and the one who wants what's best for us above all else? That's where we're really safe, is when we will submit to him and release ourselves to him and say, God, I will do things the way you want me to. I will live the way you want me to. And if you'll all stand, we're going to pray together and ask the Lord if he would speak to our hearts. Ask him, Lord, what do you, how do you want me to grow? What do I need to change? During this year of rest, what needs to happen that I can put on the things you want me to put on and be what you want me to be? Lord Jesus, in your name, God, we ask that you would touch every person here, that you would touch our hearts and our minds, God, and that you would grow us and allow us to put aside fear, that you would allow us to put aside our own desires and our own ideas of righteousness, and that we would be clothed with your righteousness and that it would work in us from the inside out, that we would become more like you, oh God. And that we would be willing to step out in faith as you change us and as you grow us, oh God. That we would walk in your paths, Jesus. And even if it's painful, God, we know that you're training us and you're drawing us to a new place in you. To a new walk with you, God. To grow in you. This altar's open if you would like to pray. If you'd like to pray in your pew.